today, I believe, is one of the greatest signs that the church needs to have. A church that possesses signs should possess this sign. You ready? And these signs shall follow those that believe. You ready what the sign is? I believe there needs to be a huge sign that says, we are open. That we're open. Now, now mind you, I'm not talking about ours. I'm talking about power. Come on, somebody. I'm not talking about that we're open for business. I'm talking about that we're open for the move of God. And tonight, as we go into the passage of Scripture, you'll see more clearly what I'm talking about. It says in, in Acts chapter 12, Acts chapter 12, go with me there, if you will. I'm going to actually, Trey, I know I gave you 12 and 16, but I want to back up a little bit and read a little bit more of the Scripture in context. So I'm going there, Acts chapter 12, and we're going to go to verse, let's see. <clears throat> Yeah, we're going to go to verse 8, or excuse me, verse 6. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, talking about Peter, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in his cell. He struck Peter, he struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. And then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. And Peter followed him out of, out of the prison. But he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought that he was seeing a vision. And they passed the first and the second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And it opened for them by itself, and they went through it. And when they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. And then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. Verse 12, and when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many had gathered and were praying. And Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. And when she had recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. And when she kept insisting that it was so, they said it must be an angel. Verse 16, but Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you tonight, God, that as we would gather around your word, you would speak deeply into our hearts, God. Lord, we thank you that minds will be renewed in moments like this. Father, that the word that's alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, it will divide the soul from the spirit, the bone from the marrow. Father, I ask God, Lord, to simply be your voice, God, in this room right now in the name of Jesus. Help me, God, to be the vessel in which you speak through so that your people, the church, may hear what the Spirit is speaking to the church. Father, this word has been stirring in my heart, Father, and I ask, Lord, that the church would indeed arise and open the door, Father God, for you to do what you desire to do in this day. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen and amen. 
I want you to understand something really profound. Are you ready? I want you to understand something super spiritual. Peter is in prison, locked up. An angel breaks him out. He walks by not one guard, not two guards, but also through an iron gate. He gets in there in the city, and when he's in the city, he comes to himself, and he realizes, my God, that was not a dream. I really am out of prison. And so he goes to Mary's house, and as he begins to knock on the door, the Bible says something so profound that basically the church, as what we would know it is there and they're having a prayer meeting. Guess what they are praying for? They are praying for the release of Peter out of prison. Peter comes and he knocks on the door and Rhoda comes to the door after hearing the knock. She looks, she sees Peter and she's so amazed. She leaves Peter at the door and she runs back to the church that's praying and says, hey, Peter's at the door. And they all say, go away. You are beside yourself. Do you understand something? Ready? Ready? Here's a super spiritual profound thing. You ready? I need you to catch this tonight. That what the church was praying for was just an opening of a door away. That what the church felt like they needed most in that hour was just the turning of one handle. I wonder tonight if the church is so busy praying that what we're praying for is standing outside the door, but nobody has went to go get the door, so therefore the answered prayer can't walk in. Come on, somebody. See, I wonder if we've made it so spiritual in, re- in thinking that we're going to pray this thing where it's going to come all the way in that we think we've eliminated ourselves from getting up and at least going and getting the door. Here's the problem. You ready? Here's the real problem, that I believe that what the church is praying for, the door is closed. Do you understand why the door was closed? I'll tell you why. Because Peter was in prison. What do you mean, preacher? Peter was in prison because persecution was on the rise of Herod. So like a bunch of scaredy cats, the church went in. They shut the door. They hid. Oh, we're just going to pray. We're just going to look real spiritual. We're just going to go through the motions. We're going to pray, 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 pray. When what they were praying for was standing right outside the door. Because guess what? The church was praying, but they weren't open. The move of God that God was wanting to send was right outside the door. Did you catch it? That when, it, when And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but it says that when Peter came through, they were all astonished. Man, if that's not true with the church today. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I've been in meetings. I've seen it. I've seen it beyond, uh, by the grace of God beyond my own two hands. I've laid hands on a woman who was blind for 25 years, and I watched her eyes come open. And when I did, the church went nuts. They ran. They jumped. They hollered. But there was a rebuke that came from me. I said, y'all are getting excited over something that God said should be common. Come on, somebody. We pray for Peter's to be released. Peter gets released, and then we all get astonished. Be- oh, come on. That's a whole word in itself right there. We're astonished. What do you mean, God, you really heard us? No, I was just letting you pray amiss. He really does hear us when we pray. And what would happen if we prayed knowing God was going to answer? I'll tell you what, the Bible tells me what would happen. He said, therefore, whatever you pray, believe it, and doubting not, you shall have. So when the church begins to pray, and, and I want you to understand something tonight, that if we're open... That if we're not closed, that if we leave the door open for the move of God, then we got to believe that when we gather and we pray and we're praying for the move of God, don't be surprised when the move of God shows up at the door. But there's got to be Rhoda's in the house that'll get up and go get the door. I love the fact that Rhoda is so excited when she goes, she don't know what to do with it. What a picture of the church. Oh my God, come on. The move of God shows up and Rhoda don't even know what to do with it. 
Rhoda comes. She's like, oh my gosh. Can you imagine Peter? He's like, hey, hey, can you, can you get the door? And I think that's true with a lot, of, a lot of us in the church today that God is desiring to move. God is wanting to move. He is looking for bodies of believers that are open, that the door ain't closed, that, that we're not in hiding. We are looking to hold a prayer meeting, yes, but we are holding prayer meetings that believe they will produce something. We're not gathering just to pray. We're gathering praying, knowing that whatever we ask in his name, we shall have it. You do understand that God never did anything without it first being open. Somebody say it's got to be open. You do understand that the Bible says in Acts, and you can go study this, that it says that on the day of Pentecost, when the outpouring of the Spirit came, guess what? It came as a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house. Guess what? It came through a window. You got to understand the window was open. Watch, the move of God will never happen if we're not open. There's got to be a place of penetration for the Spirit of God. There's got to be an openness in the body of believers that we can say, God, we are open to you. We're not closed off. Come on. We're not denominational. It's not Baptist versus Methodist. It's we're open. That's it, God. We're open. We got a sign that hangs on the door of our hearts that say we are open to the move of God. We don't need to classify it. We don't need to declassify fire. We are just open, God, whatever it looks like, whatever it sounds like. Come, Lord Jesus, come. (laughs) You do understand that Noah released the dove out of the window of the ark. You do understand that the ark couldn't be released unless the window was open. The window had to be open. Watch. The window had to be open for the dove to come out. Do you know that in Matthew chapter 3, the Bible says that when Jesus was baptized, that the Spirit of God descended on him like his a So now we find a correlation, line upon line, precept upon precept, that dove in correlation is a representation of the Spirit. Noah releases the dove. God releases the Holy Spirit. But when it's released, watch, it has to go out or it has to come in a window. It has to go out or it has to come in an opening. Do you hear what I'm teaching tonight? Because I believe the church is trying to receive doves, but our windows ain't open. I believe that the church is wanting to see a move of God, but the window's not open for the rushing wind to come through. I believe that we're saying, God, we want more. We need you. We, we desire you. But God's like Peter, and he's standing at the door, and he's knocking, and he's saying, if somebody will just get the door, I'll come in. Can I tell you something? The Holy Spirit is not coming in and going out of our lives simply because we have signs that say, sorry, we're closed. Sorry, we're closed. I wonder how many times God desires to show up in a meeting of believers, and as he gets to the door, he sees a sign in the Spirit that says, sorry, we're closed. I wonder if there's a sign that God's about to come through the door, but then he says, oh, no, never mind, they're closed. You know, I really believe, mm, I recently uh, was on a, on a vacation, and as I was, there was a little gas station, and I pulled in, and the gas station was dead. There was nobody there, and I looked, and the open sign was off. And I went to get out of the car, and as I got out of the car to walk towards the door, I seen the open sign off, and I turned around, and I left. But as I was walking back to my car, the lady came running out and said, hey, no, sorry, we're open. 
And I said, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that because your sign said, or your sign wasn't, wasn't lit up, so I figured y'all were close. She said, I just forgot to turn it on. You know, I wonder how many times, my God, I feel that, how many times God is about to come up and all of a sudden nobody has done, nobody's turned the sign on, nobody's put in the prayer, nobody's put in the petition, nobody's put in the asking, and Jesus is about to walk to the door and he sees the open sign is off. If there would just be an intercessor that would run to the door and say, no, we're open, you can come in, you can do whatever you want to do, Lord. Mm. Can I tell you that openness is the key to the miraculous. If you want to see a move of God, watch this, you got to be open to a move of God. Why did religion crucify the Christ? I'll tell you why, because they weren't open. They were closed-minded. They were, they were shut in their stinking way of thinking. They thought they had figured out the way the Messiah would come. And so when the Messiah came in a way that they did not know, weren't ready to receive, they were closed. And because they were closed, they rejected the move of God, the Messiah, the salvation. God's chosen people had the door bartered closed. Because openness is the pathway of the miraculous. If you want to see God move in your life in miraculous ways, let me tell you something. Ready? Get open. Quit thinking that it's going to look like this, sound like this, talk like this, and walk like this. You just got to get open. You got to say, God, whatever it looks like, whatever it sounds like. Now, mind you, it's got to be in accordance with Scripture. Come on, somebody. You don't need to be on all fours barking like a dog calling it a move of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's got to be in accordance with Scripture, but you got to be open. See, we've become to a place where we, we, we've, we try to figure out what the move of God looks like so much that we have, all, all we've ever done is when God begins to move is we become critical of it. Criticalness closes doors. When critical spirits arise on a move of God, it quickly closes the door. Can I tell you something? Openness is the key to the miraculous, but close will keep you from getting exposed. You know, I can't help but remind you of 2020 when there was this thing called COVID-19. And they told everybody, go in your house, shut the door. Don't let anybody in. Don't let anybody out. Y'all just sit there. Sit there for a year. Rot for all we care. And what they were saying was this, is that you have to be closed in so that you're not exposed. <laughs> you're not exposed. See, what they didn't want is exposure. What am I telling you tonight? That closed will keep you from getting exposed. Why is the church not getting exposed to the move of God? Because we've quarantined ourselves from the move of God. We've shut the door. We've, we've pulled the blinds down. We said nobody in and nobody out. We don't want to be cross-contaminated. We don't want to be exposed. And I can tell you that there is looking to be an outbreak of the Holy Ghost. There is looking to be a move of God that it'll get on you. It'll get on your children. It'll get on your children's children. It'll flow. It'll reach. It'll outpour. But we got to be open to the move of God. We got to be open to it. We got to be open to it. The church needs to be delivered from stinking thinking we got to get delivered from this idea 
that we've got it all figured out and that we know, I'll be honest with you, I never want to be in a place where I think I perceive that I know what the next move of God even looks like. The moment that we think we have it figured out is the moment that we prepare ourselves to miss it. Can I tell you something? You need to learn to get the negative Nancys. If any of y'all's name is Nancy, I ain't talking about you. I'm talking about the negative one. If you're negative, then I am talking about you. You need to learn to get the negative Nancys out of your life. There will be people that try to come in your life, and when the move of God tries to move, and the move of God tries to roll through your life, they'll begin to try to tell you every reason why it doesn't need to happen, or you don't need to do this, or you don't need to be that. You need people in your life that will learn to tell you and and coach you in the move of God, to chase after Jesus, to pursue the fullness of the Spirit of God, not be critical of it in your life. Can I tell you something? Be careful of the voices in your life that are always saying, whoa. You need some people in your life and in your corner that, that when they look at the move of God, they see the rushing rivers, they are willing to yell, go. If all you have in your life is people that say, whoa, they are people that are okay with the doors being closed. Do you hear what I'm telling you tonight? You need some people that when they see the river of God flowing, they get behind you and yell, go, go, son, go, daughter, dive in, chase after God, pursue the power of God, pursue the miracle working of God, go after Jesus with all that you have. You need some people in your life, though that you, you, that, though that you ain't never built nothing, uh, uh, any, anything of any magnitude before, they're going to tell you, build it. They're going to tell you, hey, you got to be open to it, build it, chase it, run after it. You need some people in your corner that when all the walls are saying, stay in, stay here, don't go anywhere, they will tell you, knock over the wall and keep marching, keep running, keep chasing. You need some people in your corner that when the giant stands there between you and your promise and it's taunting you and everyone else is too scared, they are the voice that's telling you, grab your sling, grab, grab your stone, You, got, it's time to go to war it's time to go to war daughter you need some people that don't try to confine you you need some people in your life that don't try to hinder you but you need some people that are open to the move of God in your life and they know that you're called and they get behind you and they push you towards the movement of God the church needs to be delivered from the stinking thinking because I'm open to the idea that God can give us a city. I'm open to the idea that this move of God could be the greatest move of God that Sumter has ever seen. And if you can't agree with me, if you can't believe with me, then I tell you, maybe you need to look somewhere else because I'm looking for some people, not just with partnership, but with the ability to push that says, I believe that what God is doing here could be the start of the greatest move of God this city has ever seen. I need some people with faith to partner and say, yes, this is that. This is that. This is that. This is that. Numbers 12 tells us on the account of the 12 spies that were sent into the promised land, two of them came back with a report that said, it is possible. But 10 came back, and uh, and the Bible says they were with a negative report. The King James calls it an evil report. I want you to catch that. That they came back with an evil report. We'll get there. In other words, negative is looked at 
as evil in God's eyes. God classifies negative to the same level of evil in his eyes. Twelve spies are sent out. Out of the twelve that come back, two have a good report. And the Bible says in the King James Version that ten of them had an evil report. Other nicer translations say a negative report. So we find that, that God looks at negativeness on the equal, equality of evil. Who were the two positive spies that came back? Y'all give me their names. Who? Who? Who were the ten? Nobody knows. Do you know why? Because don't nobody care if you're negative. Don't nobody care if all you got to say is why we can't. Don't nobody care what your name is if all you want to tell us is why we ain't going in. The ones that names are remembered are the people that said, let us go up at once and possess it. So you can be a negative person and nobody will ever remember you. Or you can be a person that says, I'm open to the move of God. I am open to whatever it is you want to do, Lord. <clears throat> we must remain open to Matthew 19 and 26. Matthew 19 and 26 tells us, but Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. What's possible? That's amazing. He's saying that, Jesus is saying, he's saying, hey, with men, yeah, this is impossible. He's saying, hey, with with man, that probably won't happen. But with God, all things are possible. If we are open to the move of God, you ready for this? We have to eliminate the man factor and put in the God factor that with man it is impossible. There is no way that if man is leading this movement that it will ever be a move of God. There is no way that if it's about man and it's about popularity and it's about, and it's about people, then there's no way the move of God will ever be. But if it be about God and if it be for God and if it be with God, then all things are possible. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 tells us that indeed <laughs> Peter is not the only one to stand on the side of the door. Jesus in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 said, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice and I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Stand with me all over the house. Peter stood at the door knocking and there was a girl by the name of Rhoda that came to get the door. Watch this. It's amazing to me. She missed it the first time, but Peter didn't leave. Peter wanted to come in. Jesus is standing in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, and he says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Trey, if you can play something. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Here's your encouragement, church, that maybe in your life the first time you missed it, But just like Peter, Jesus wants to come in. 
He hasn't left. What he's waiting for is somebody that can hear his voice and then get the door. He said, if any man hears my voice and opens the door, here's the amazing part. Jesus said, it's up to us to open the door. We have to open the door. I'll never forget that when I was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, on that Sunday morning after service, right there on Callan Drive, off of, down by the boulevard, I was laying on the floor, and for three hours, the presence of God, the power of God filled in and overflowed in my life. But when I arose, I arose with a message And I just began to run around that church. There was only two people in the church that were still there. And I was preaching. I was preaching my heart out. From that moment, my preaching changed. The passion and the power of my preaching, it it, it became so much more just endured with power. I was a bold witness for Christ. But I began to preach based on what I saw for those three hours that I laid there on the floor and I wept and I cried. I was crying because while I was there in that moment with the Lord, I saw Jesus standing on the outside of the door. And all I could say for hours over and over and over and over and over and over again is why is he on the outside of the door? The Spirit of God spoke to me and he said, men have come into my house and they have thrown me out. They've turned my house into a den of thieves and robbers. We have evicted Jesus from his house, his church. But guess what? In this hour, he stands and he knocks. He's saying, Is there anybody in there that's open to me again? Is there anybody in there that wants fellowship with me? Is there anybody in there that's longing and looking for me? Is there anybody in there that is looking for me? Here I am. Behold, I stand at the door. I'm knocking. If any man hears my voice, opens the door. I'll come in. I'll sit with you. I'll sup with you. I'll fellowship with you. I'll tell you things that you want to hear, but you got to be open.